And welcome to another episode of Two Medics and One Mic. Your presenters are Imran Lasker and Thrusha Gudwatna. So hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Medics podcast. My name is Imran Lasker. I'm a consultant radiologist. Hi, I'm Thrusha Gudwatna. I'm a cardiology registrar, sub-specialising in intervention. And today I'm actually outnumbered. I'm outnumbered by cardiologists. We have a very special yeah. guest today. Yeah, go on. We've got another cardiologist on board. Go for it. <laughs> uh, Hi everybody, my name is Rohin and I am also a cardiologist sub-specializing in YouTube. Um, and uh, I don't know, why do you always why do you always specify the intervention thing, Tarasha? I know it's become a kind of tradition, but uh, it strikes me as very strange. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, I am weird, but it's just so that now, like, uh, if they try and tell me that I can't do intervention, they're, but it's like so synonymous in my name, you can't just t- tease them apart. It's it's in a podcast, yeah. That's it's fact now. You can't go back on that. It's a real honor to be invited. Thanks very much, guys. I feel like I'm a bit of a outsider in Med Twitter these days. I uh, I, I don't really uh, know all the goings on. Um, it's it's uh, it's very different to how it was a few years ago. Well, don't worry. That's what we're here for. We uh, we read those tweets. We uh, note them down. Put it into a Google sheet and talk about it every single week. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, life. here we go. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was hoping that you were going to say that you sub-specialise in YouTube. That's exactly what you say on your Twitter handle, is, is, isn't that right? Um, we've been thinking Indeed. about it. I think, what do we write on our Twitter handle? We wrote, like, uh, I think 48% of um, what, Two Medics podcast. podcast, and I think 4% yeah. goes to your son because Thrusha's son appeared on the very first episode where he pooed and peed himself, and we have to cut the episode short. So uh, he'll forever be the 4% of uh, Two Medics podcast. Oh, I see. I thought it was some sort of Brexit reference, but uh, I, I never really understood. <laughs> <laughs> That's too highbrow. No, no. no. That, yeah, as you know, I mean, you know, like we were saying earlier, uh, we're not actually that highbrow. Uh, yeah, you know, go go low and go lower. And then you pretty much maybe at the level mm. that we're at, <laughs> as evidenced by... What, what, what was your favourite anonymous Twitter account again? What was that again? Oh, yeah. So we were talking about that just now. So like... Uh, Fess Hole, uh, you guys need to follow it. I think it's really awesome. You just get some really <laughs> lurid, lurid kind of disgusting stories where some, you know, someone's done something like left a turd somewhere or whatever, and you know, just uh, oh yeah, to it. I think it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> wow. It's just amazing to know what's going on in the world, doesn't it? It, it really is um, quite crazy to to see what's happening over there. But anyway, uh, back to Med Twitter. Med Twitter's always been a lot of fun. Um, where do you guys want to start? I mean, it's been pretty active, pretty, uh, pretty crazy again out there. I mean, I feel like one of the topics that kind of, I guess, is kind of important anyway, or one of the people who are kind of uh, important science communicator, we're talking about kind of Vinay Prasad. And, okay. Um, should we go straight in with that? I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's like a big, a big one. deal. He's a yeah, big go deal. on. Should we go for the big one straight away? So Vinay Prasad. Okay, yeah, I, so don't, I don't really know who he was. Go on then, explain. Who is he? Well, uh, I think probably, well... He's someone that I came to know, um, having had loads of discussions with cardiology kind of years ago about how our uh, interpretation of statistics. And I remember like there were some tweets where I basically saw him just cuss down how a lot, a lot of us, how, how we read papers and how we understand the science of like um, what behind what we do. And um, I've seen as like time's gone on that he's gotten more and more or you know more and more of a following and I do remember thinking when I kind of saw stuff by him that uh, he's just an excellent kind of communicator and just remember seeing him and Daryl Francis and Venk Murthy 
Leffy, uh, in, mm-hmm. the, in the States, kind of just talking about the kind of statistics behind studies and kind of just like reading the tweets and be like, oh yeah, but not really understanding all of the stats, which I guess is the part of the problem. But um, mm. he's kind of, he's kind of gone, he's gone a few, I don't know, incrementally, something he's changed. Did you guys want to comment on that, uh, Rohan? Like, did you want to yeah, I mean, I think I'd agree uh, with, with some of that assessment. Um, Vinay is someone who, you know, I'd consider uh, a, a kind of Twitter friend. You know, we, we first interacted properly a couple of years ago. Um, I read his book, uh, uh, which he co-authored with um, Adam Sifu, which is about um, errors in through the sort of history of medicine, not kind of errors like, you know, surgeon was tired and made a mistake, but things that we have done in medicine, which are poor, that have a poor evidence base, or, you know, we've been misled by um, uh, studies that were designed to show a certain result. So he's been a really useful voice, particularly on social media for exposing a lot of the kind of pharmaceutical industries ills. And, um, you know, I've, I've found him an extremely uh, useful person to learn a lot of things from. And, you know, he's very good at sort of, as, as you mentioned, going through research uh, techniques and, and, and flaws and things like that. So I think very few people would have had a problem with him prior to the pandemic. Um, maybe interventional cardiologists because he, he came quite hard for, for stenting <laughs> after the, the orbiter study, which was... Um, you not know, the I, stents, I, 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 not the stents. Uh, th- yeah, that's, that's my meal <laughs> ticket, man. Um, but, uh, but you know, as as someone who in you know in the UK, we're not earning money per stent, so there was far less of that vociferous um, anger at somebody saying that you've got to put fewer stents in. So actually, uh, you know, and and the trial was was um, uh, out of the UK, um, and without getting too too much into a cardiology discussion here but you know i i, I thought it was a he was a really useful foil to, uh, to to listen to arguments with with people for and against anyway so that was all pre-pandemic mm. um and i think it, it, you know i haven't followed all of his recent activity because i felt like just a bit less interested like i don't think i'm the the target demographic that he's going for now i think he's aiming yeah. for a more mainstream audience his his followings become huge now i think he's got huge. well over a hundred thousand twitter followers now he's got a youtube channel which i think is growing he's appeared on some really big um podcasts and things barry barry weiss who's um new york times ex-new york times journalist who's kind of one of the the leading voices in and kind of challenging the, the the woke uh mobs and stuff I'm, I'm using inverted commas here and um mm. seems to have gravitated more to that kind of audience uh, and and pushing back a bit against the con- consensus thinking um i you know and and some of the things he said have clearly been extremely silly and 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 mm. you know you, i'd go as far to say as that they'd, they'd be doing harm because i think they're um encouraging the wrong message um but as i said i haven't really paid a lot of attention but every now and again I, it, something will pop up where people are really going for him aggressively and mm. he's 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 repaid in kind you know i think there was a, there was an ugly incident with a with a, a fellow where i just think why are you getting involved in these kinds of public arguments it, it really kind of just cheapens the whole the whole 
point you're trying to get across. So I think he's now blocked a lot of the medical uh, community on, on Twitter. And so it, it's, just, it's just two sides that have completely polarized and are just kind of shouting at each other, but neither is really listening. So it's a complicated one, really, mm. because, you know, I, I knew him to be a very erudite, thoughtful person. And I guess mm. with, with the, the kind of positive reinforcement you get as you go slightly more extreme in the things you say or slightly more controversial in the mm. things you say, you see yourself getting more yeah. response, more followers. And it seems to be a self-fulfilling mm. um, cycle. I mean, we you know, we see that with, with other mm. doctors as well uh, here in the UK. So... A, a complex case, but I don't pretend to be yeah. to have followed closely. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, there seems to be a real pressure of being a contrarian, isn't it? And then kind of it just seems to. And I think people argue, don't they, that that's p- part of the function of social media, where it kind of push, pushes people to kind of either poll. I mean, do you think he's chasing numbers now? Is that what the issue is? Like now he's kind of seen his following go up and up, and then he's like, well, you know, if I do this, I get more people, and if I don't, then I don't. So I should just keep going. And the ultimate goal is to be more influential. Uh, is that is that the goal? Do you think for this for someone like himself? I, 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 I don't know. I, I I haven't spoken to him directly for for a while now. I've just mm. you know I've seen some of the things he's said, and I've criticised some of them publicly. If you know I've tried. Sometimes I felt like he's been criticised unfairly, and then I feel mm. like I don't actually want to say anything because I'll just get yeah. caught up in it as well. And yeah, so I just enough. my my general impression is to just kind of stand back but i quite agree with you that it, you know social media even though the tech companies all claim that they're they're modifying their algorithms to not do this uh, it doesn't appear that there's any evidence of that it, and and extreme mm. engagement you know whether it's angry comments or likes um mm. just counts as engagement and and so that just seems to give it a signal boost um so i i, I I can't speak for his motivation. I don't know what his yeah. end goal is. And I, I know there's been a yeah. lot of really ugly stuff uh, online. So, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, can you explain this? So there was this tweet that said, I'll, I'll read it out. Um, it was, I know kids are hardly going to pay attention to this geriatric millennial, but a word of caution, I'm constantly perplexed at how much of people's personal lives they're willing to share on per- social media. I'm not saying it's bad or good, but please think it through first. So, I mean, how do you, you read that one? How did you write that one? Who, 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 uh, who, who tweeted that? <laughs> Um, As in, uh, you know, I guess what we're trying to do is um, we're trying to relate this, aren't we? Like there is a pressure of social media, isn't there? So once you're in it, you, you can I think uh, Phil Lee did talk about how social media is a bit of a game. And when it becomes less enjoyable, that's when he's out. And we did see him leave social media for a small amount of time. But you can see that there is a bit of pressure for, for anyone who's in that sort of public light to try maybe play the game a little bit. And then in playing the game, I think part of the problem may be that you're sharing a bit too much. You know what I mean? Like, how much do you want to share about yourself? That was that was the the point of the tweet. Well, that's, no, that's kind kind of you to give me the chance to. I think you'd mentioned this in a, in a previous episode, but mm. um, no, I wasn't really sort of saying uh, don't overshare for the the reasons I think that maybe people would assume of like you know more generic conversations about whether to talk about your family or whatever online. That's that's a personal decision. What I was referring to was was sparked by a conversation with my F1s at the time, who um, particularly, uh, I noticed in the kind of London area, 
everybody seems to have a YouTube channel now. All, all the medical students hmm. coming out of medical school, all the, the junior doctors, they all, mm. they all, they're all, you know, really keen. And, um, mm. uh, you know, they, they occasionally know my channel and I'm just yeah. this old, old git that they don't really kind of feel <laughs> any connection to. But some of the, the, some of the younger vloggers, medical vloggers and influencers who've got massive channels, uh, are their real idols. Mm. You know, they really look up to them. And mm. they kind of, you know, are really attempting to emulate a lot of these these online online personalities. And mm. you know, certainly f at my, uh, you know, speaking for myself, when I was a medical student or when I was a F1, there wasn't a great deal that I felt I had to say. Um, and but the job we're doing, or you know, the course we're studying, is naturally of interest to some people you know medicine is mm. just a lot of people are interested in it. you just have to look at tv programming there's there's always people interested in it as a career so i think a lot of these junior doctors use themselves as they become the product and this is kind of mm. sometimes referred to as the commodified self and what I, that's what i was trying to warn against because i see a lot of these um people who are you know mid-20s putting their whole lives online and that has ramifications further down the line. You know, a lot of these people, it can be quite stressful. They can find they're under pressure to, to produce content. And, you know, when you are the product, I think that can lead to, to difficulties later on. You may burn out. Whereas, you know, my channel is is not about me. You know, obviously you bring your personality to whatever you do. And that that's that's great. And mm. I'd always encourage people. And I, by the way, you know, I'm not saying that I, I love the hearing that uh, um, these medical students and junior doctors have, have YouTube channels. I, I think it's a really fun outlet or, you know, whatever you choose. Um, but I just I just worry that they're not necessarily aware of some of the long-term implications of making themselves mm -hmm. into a product. And uh, I've just seen other people, not necessarily medics, run into problems with this. But I think um, I think we spoke about this last week because, um, or was it the week before, where we ha do have a situation now where you know social media is a legitimate, like almost a legitimate job now, right? So, in the same way that someone might go into medical school to go actually use that degree to start a company or a pharmaceutical company, or go into pharmaceuticals, go into you know the city and get an MBA, you know all those kind of things. We're probably going to have to start getting used to the fact that there are some people who are going to come into medicine because that DR will hopefully help them with their social media career. Because without the DR, they're just you know they're just Imran Lasker walking around on it with a with a camera. But with a DR in front of the name, they're suddenly Doctor Imran Lasker with a YouTube camera and all the rest of it. I mean, the thing is, like you you're right. I mean, you're commoditizing yourself. You're you're making a commodity of yourself. Um, and by do, by doing medical school, almost you're trying to increase your own value, and that might be that might be what some people are doing. But I, I agree with you completely, Rohan. In that, um, I think we spoke earlier in that. I think for me, anyway, I've only really been more active in social media over the last year or something, like maybe a year, year and a half. I've been taking a little bit more. I've been trying to enjoy a lot more. I guess now being a consultant, I was like, well, you know, what do I do now? I become a consultant. I enjoy it, but I want to see what else I can get up to. This might be fun. But I'm glad I'm doing it now rather than earlier because now it's only now that I feel like I've got something to say. I, I, I don't think if I'd done it maybe a decade ago, I don't think I would have really had enough to say or enough to talk about. I, I didn't have enough life experience. And then the odd thing that has happened since being on social media where I've had, you know, interactions and sometimes negative. 
I'm not so sure how well I would have taken it on top of everything else I was doing, you know, like with the exams and getting through with, through everything else. I, I think, um, yeah, I just find it, um, I think it's probably, there's a right time to do it if you're going to do it. And, I, you know, and I think we should probably get used to the fact that people are coming into it to, to uh, further social media careers. I mean, Tarusha, what, what do you think? I mean, there's a there's a market for it, right? And like people mm. are interested, as you say. But also, like, there, I think there is a real value to it. Like, I was at my um, so my little brother's wedding a couple of weeks ago, and there these um, he's a few years younger than me, and so he has some younger friends who are talking about your videos, Rohin, and just the, the non-medics. Mm. But they're like, oh, how God. kind of it, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. and they were like, oh, do you know him? And oh, his 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 like videos are really amazing. You know, it was just really cool. And I think, um, I mean, yeah, it's. It's just, uh, I think it's, I think it's really good. I th the thing is, though, I guess with like sharing stuff with yourself, I kind of wonder because that's something that people have said that we've done when we've talked about bullying and you know, like those kind of experiences that are a bit harder to talk about, like failing exams and things. Yeah, I mean, that, that I think like for us anyway. When I mean, I've spoken quite openly about the bullying and some of the more difficult times, and I guess. It's easier to talk about now because I've, I've got, I feel like I've got through it, I've got over it. And now hopefully I can offer some value back to anyone that may be going through something similar. Because, you know, and maybe this is, and I feel like maybe this is a good platform to do so. But again, like, you know, coming back to what Rowan is saying, like, you know, when you get these young young guys, young girls and guys and girls who are, like, I think I saw a video recently from a influencer and they were saying something like, the advice to my, like, 19-year-old self and I was thinking, dude, like, when I, you know, they were like 24. And I was like, between 19 and 24, very little had changed in my mind to be able to go back and say, 19-year-old self, you should think about this. It's like, no, I was the same idiot that I was then as I was at 24. And I probably stopped being, I was less of an idiot. Actually, I'm still an idiot, but I mean, you know, I, I think I'm less of an idiot now having, you know, more than a decade later. So I won't, I, if I did a video now, it might mean something. But if I did it at 24, God, what would I even say to myself? I just think, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's a different beast, and maybe, maybe, maybe we are all a bit, you know, old and um, past it. I don't think there's any maybe about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah, enough. definitely, definitely getting on, on a bit. Yeah. You raised another point, um, Imran, just before then, mm. when you were talking not just about um, uh, you, you when you were saying about people wanting to get the dr as a kind of mm. boost to their to their image or their appeal on social media mm. and um the whole discussion around kind of media uh doctors and stuff i always have a bit of a wry smile when i listen to it because i think a lot of people are quite snobbish and i think you're right that mm. it is a perfectly valid uh, uh career choice you know um People sometimes ask me if I'd if I'd go into that kind of full time and quit medicine, and that's never been anything I, I'm interested in doing. But I, I I quite like it when I hear other medics, you know, say actually I'm not going to go into a training program. I'm going to mm. you know try and do some media stuff or or whatever. What you know, there are all different ways. It's not just just Instagram. There are many different um, ways you can use that degree, and I think mm. we we can have a bit of a snobbish um, traditionalist view that we should all go through the usual training path and mm. you know particularly in this climate where a lot of people are less happy with with the NHS and, and working there I have absolutely no problem with uh, a young medic saying look I'm going to um, 
embark on a social media career and, and try and you know build up a, a an empire that way and do whatever they want. Mm. But obviously, mm. there's a right and wrong way to do that. You know, so mm. I think the ones that piss people off particularly are those who maybe are making out that they're more senior than they are. They have more expertise than they are than they than they do. Mm. Um, and to the public, doctor is doctor. It doesn't mean doesn't matter if you're an F1, you're a consultant. I don't think the yeah. public really appreciate that difference. So mm. uh, I think those that's the finer line to tread. I, I'd. I'd I, I quite encourage anybody to engage with with social media and media in general. But uh, the times I wince is when you have quite junior people speaking very authoritatively about, you know, I mean, who knows, with the pandemic, there's been countless opportunities to go on TV and go on the radio. And some people have mm. um, acquitted themselves fantastically well. I've been really impressed with some of the uh, young, young medics that have uh, I've seen on TV. And then others have have dropped some real clangers and made mistakes. Mm. So, so I think it's 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 a double-edged sword. I've got to say, you know, when you talk about expectations of a doctor, I, I think I've been on the plane a few times while being the radiologist on the plane, and it's been like the worst. It's just like, is there a doctor on the plane? And my wife's like, oh, you? And I'm like, no, 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 no I'm not that kind. No, no. Um, and they're like, we need a doctor on the plane. And I'm like, please let be another doctor, please. And they're like, we need a doctor on the plane. It's like, okay, okay. Like, I'm really sorry, you've only. <laughs> You I'm not this kind to... of doctor, yeah, and I do, I do so... the best I can in that situation. I mean, obviously, you be less trained and all the rest of it, so you do that. But, I mean, if things get a little bit more difficult than that, I think I'll be completely out of my depth. But there is a pressure, isn't there? Like, I could just be like, listen, yeah, unless you've got an ultrasound machine, I'm not going to be very useful right now. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. Would you, I mean, you guys are probably more useful than me in that situation uh, when you're stuck on the plane because you actually, you do stuff. You've got stethoscope skills that I don't have. I have you tried to use a stethoscope on a plane? I, I have. You can't. You can't. You, <laughs> I have. I you have can't actually. Hear yeah. Anything. Um, yeah, I've, uh, I've made. Uh, I mean, I've uh, done it many times. Actually, had to provide medical assistance on on. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, same. And, same. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, one was a peri arrest, and uh, you know, like all kinds of stuff. Um, so this is. It's all good content. Because he did some really good threads on it. And I remember one of the um, one of the take-homes that really stuck with me is when you were saying afterwards, like sometimes you might get sent like a gift hamper or something and not you shouldn't accept it or something along those lines because it's almost like you accept uh, like a payment for it. Oh, really? I, I, I quite, you know, was, on the time that I helped, they gave me a bottle of wine and I was well happy. And then I realised it was a bottle of wine which I couldn't have in the first place. Like, well, that's not great, is it? And I can't exactly give it back to you guys. So uh, I just kept it and then dumped in the bin outside. I don't think that was my conclusion. I, I looked it up and actually I, I, I got really into, you know, I, I, I'd researched everything to do with like providing medical assistance on a plane. Um, and yeah, the, the gift mm. acceptance, I can't remember actually what the law said. Um, but you know, when Delta Airlines gave me $200, I, I kept it. So, so I, I, <laughs> I think another time I was on, I was on an EasyJet plane and they gave me, they said, oh, look, whatever you order today will be like on the house because you helped us. EasyJet. Yeah, but it's EasyJet. <laughs> what am I really going to get? Like, you know, That's some enough. crisps and a, and a coffee, you know. But if you if you get a cheese sandwich for free on an EasyJet flight, that's like 30, 30, 30 pounds save. Isn't it? So. <laughs> Mate, yeah, yeah. I was uh, I went full business mode. I was like getting as much as I could and selling onto the rest of the people on the, the plane. The, the first time this that, when this woman she had like critical aortic stenosis and and really shouldn't have been flying and she lost a pulse and uh, oh, wow. so then I was in, I was in business class for the the rest of that flight. I got a massage. I got custom made smoothies. 
uh, you know, what? I, so it was it was my first time ever in business class. It was it was very it was a quite an experience. Um, nice work. That's quite amazing. Meanwhile, Doctor Lassie's getting a free Chris from the EasyJet, and it's just great. <laughs> but you know, okay, we're we're talking about a, sort of the pride uh, of being a doctor, I guess. You know, like there there is that sort of social, you know, in social circles, being a doctor can mean quite a lot, and especially when you're in a plane, even if you don't have the skills to really deal with it, you know, you still you have some importance. But you know, let's say your kids become doctors. Is that something you wanna you tell the world about? That's literally my father. Um, he he yeah. Both both of us became doctors, and he is eternally proud, regardless of the fact that I might have been uh, scurrying along the bottom of the entire medical school <laughs> and just managed uh, to yep. leap up at the end and grab the little dr <laughs> and pull it onto my name. <laughs> you're always you're always you're always running yourself down on this podcast, Imran. Mm. You're always you're always insulting yeah. yourself, and. It's you know, therapy. Listeners, That's what you it can't, is. It's we're on a video call now, Liz. You can't see this, but Imran's a very handsome guy. So you know, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, thank yeah, you yeah. very much. Um, <laughs> you, you, you've got to, you've got to stop. Uh, you're, you're a, you're a good catch, Imran. You're a doctor. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Not real doctor, but yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool, we can go with that. Sorry, Look, even my daughter doesn't think I'm a doctor. <laughs> My daughter's like, you're not a real doctor. I was like, why is that? And she was like, because you don't have a stethoscope, you don't see people. Like, both good answers. Can't argue with either of them. You're right. I guess I'm not. A survey I saw a few years ago, and don't ask me to, to cite it. I probably just, it was, I, I don't know if I've even invented this in my head, but it's fact as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and, and radiologists did score quite poorly at asking the general public, like family fortunes, they asked 100 members of the public um, who's a doctor. And I think radiologists scored poorly, but you weren't the worst. Because 80% of the public thought anaesthetists weren't doctors. Uh, so they oh. scored lowest. So I love bringing that survey up. What do you up. think they're doing? Uh, no, they're, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, that, they're the ones that put the patient to sleep. Uh, but they're not doctors, right? I mean, they're like some sort of technician <laughs> or something. So I, I, I bring really? this survey up all the time to all of my anaesthetic friends. But the thing is, for radiologists, we always get confused as radiographers and vice versa. And then, you know, when they're like, oh, you're the person wait, that takes wait, a picture. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> well, you know, interventional cardiologists are basically radiologists, aren't they? I mean, yeah, just you know. with, with... Try as you might, you will never quite make with it. Steady hands, with steady hands. I mean, our whole field <laughs> was, was, was inv invented uh, by radiologists. Interventional cardiology was, yeah. was invented by radiologists. I know, you lot, honestly. You, you lot kind of looked over there. Yeah, that looks interesting. That, yeah, let yeah. me try that. No, no, let me just hold on to that. I'm going to hold on. It's mine now. Yeah, and you guys will go back to bed. Back off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of accident of history, really, that, that we kept the heart because radiologists, by all rights, could have just said, we're going to do this because they'd, they'd started. Uh, but the weird thing is in America, I don't know if you know, cardiologists mm. also do peripheral interventions. Mm. So you can you can be a cardiologist in America oh, wow. and and not even actually do anything in the heart. You just do like vein stenting and arterial, like femoral artery stenting. Don't say it, don't say it. You could you you could be a vein you could be a vein doc you know you could literally <laughs> no you'd be a cardiologist you'd be the He's cardiologist in the in the US. Well, people can't see this, but Rohan has been very, you know, we can actually put a name as we sign in and Rohan decided instead of calling himself himself, he's called himself the Vain Doc. So we did have him on the yeah, show, everyone. That's it. The Vain Doc yeah, is conversation here. Conversation over. <laughs> We're done now. <laughs> um, I mean, we actually, he's actually been quoted this week, hasn't he, in our, in our sheet of yeah. things to talk about. Uh, well, he, he's kind of, he, but the thing is, he's echoed a similar sentiment that was echoed not so long ago. Do you remember? It was like, I can go take my pet to the, the vet or something. Is that right? 
something along those lines. What it's was amazing it? how on. within 24 hours of my dog having any medical problem, we can have a consultation and diagnosis and a date for surgery, regardless of clinical urgency. Can medicine learn anything from the way vets operate? Isn't he describing private healthcare? God, people and their dogs, honestly. What's with people and their dogs? <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's just one of the most monumentally idiotic things I've read uh, today. It's um, it's so dumb. I mean, it, it, like, you know, chalk and cheese. I've actually got a friend who's an interventional pet cardiologist. And I know, uh, right. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I love um, chatting with him. And, you know, he would look at this tweet. He's, he's, a, he's a vet, full-time vet, and just, just say, this is absurd. You know, you can't compare the two. They're doing totally different treatments to a totally different level of, um, of care. They, you know, they, I, I, I spoke at one of his conferences, and um, we were, you know, uh, I, I listened to all their talks, and they were really fascinating. There was a chimpanzee specialist. There was uh, someone who'd gone and done... Uh, like congenital stuff with gorillas and echocardiograms and but all of these wow. people you know when they're like asking questions like how would you manage this patient um after like you know if if the blood tests are slightly abnormal or you know the oxygen's a bit low they go well at this point i just euthanize the um the patient <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know we just, we just put them down and and it's just always that's always their default thing it's like Oh, he's, you know, when the going gets tough, it's, it's like oh, you know, she's she's got a bit of bit of the shakes. That's it, finish. Just take her out the back, and you know, it's the equivalent of like uh, I've done an ABG, and you know, PO 2s eight. I've tried, to, I've tried, I've tried two liters of oxygen, but there's no there's no option now. Uh, fine, just give me a gram of morphine. <laughs> just just put her out of her misery. <laughs> and, and you know ha- to, to, to this make a glib comparison between private vet healthcare <laughs> and and medicine it's so daft like you know yeah. ridiculous oh, it's, it's, it's crazy isn't it i mean yeah we've seen this kind of argument before isn't it like oh but i get better treatment for my pet than i do for do for a human being it's silly isn't it it really is you know like if you want if you want to in america it's uh, let's not beat around the bush if you are rich the quality of healthcare is probably better than you 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 get here i mean you know you have access to incredible care but you gotta have money you know so Mm. if that's i mean he's he's Mm. it's basically a veiled uh you know promotional tweet for for a privatized medicine yeah i mean which is pretty much yeah his his entire business isn't it i mean that's that's how he how he makes his dough doesn't it yeah um I mean, I, I was thinking, should I bring up my, you know, I, I don't know if I told you, Through, should I tell you about this? Like, um, you know, I know, I know I'm not exactly fans of dogs. And uh, when Facebook first began, I, I started a, um, I started a group uh, and the group was called uh, IHD Society. Oh, don't, I, I can guess what it's I want to hear you say the words. No, don't do this. This, your, your, your career will be over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it was it, it was called I Hate Dog Society, but it was meant to be a joke. It was meant to be a joke. It was meant to be like, listen, a bit of a je- a bit of a jokey thing. I like cats. I even said I think I like cats more, and I think I put a little picture of Scooby Doo and said, acceptable dog. Yes, Scooby Doo's acceptable, and all this kind of stuff. And I forgot about the group for for years. And then suddenly I started getting like personal messages and stuff like I, I want to kill you. And I thought, whoa, 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 whoa where's all this coming from? And then I even said to him, what's happened, man? Why you, Why do you want to kill me? I'm just like a medical student. Like, what's happened? And he's like, 
oh, you know, you met, you set up that group, you're disgusting, you're an evil person. I thought, okay, first of all, I'm going to block you now, and now I've got to find out what happened to that group. So I found that group, and it actually had ballooned, you know, relatively speaking, to like three or four hundred people. But there was now a counter group which had two thousand people that were trying to close my, this group down, and I'd forgotten about them. But they're all quoting me, like, oh, this guy Imran Nasker, he's he's promoting uh, anti uh, anti dog sentiments and all this kind of stuff. And I was thinking, what? Uh, I was completely baffled. And I tried to argue on the look, it was just a joke, relax, like, you know, I don't really hate animals. It was just a bit of a jest about, you know, people like cats, people like dogs. That's what I mean. Like, that's what I mean. What, what year was what year was this that you were getting in trouble for it? I was um, 2004. So, I mean, no, I was in fourth year. Because so. now you'd be yeah. reported to GMC straight away. That'd be a fucking tweet thread. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. No, no, exactly. This is what, so then what happened was they they searched me and found that I went to UCL and they were in the process of trying to contact the medical school saying that this person shouldn't be a doctor. There was, there, there was, there was an additional level of difficulty to do that then. You know, you've got some sort of angry dog yeah. lover <laughs> yeah. and he's like this bloody bastard is you know and 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 they're like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get him kicked out of medical school oh wait i've got to call up ah forget it but no, now yeah, you yeah. can just you can just tag them straight away that's it you can yeah. do a so game over. Yeah, exactly. tweet yeah. thread and that's you can true. get your crew involved <laughs> and then yeah, yeah yeah man yeah yeah it was it was nuts man that was yeah and i actually changed my name for years on facebook after that i, I, closed, well, I didn't close the group down i Pluto. gave it to someone else who seemed complete particularly nutty <laughs> <laughs> no, it was something else, which I, I, I still use that name sometimes for other things. So I'm going to keep that name to myself. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, there was like a masterstroke, which I'm, I'm surprised that you didn't add, where you gave control of the group to someone who was an absolute renegade. Oh, and they... <laughs> okay, okay, fine. I finished the story. I finished the story. So then this guy, uh, basically, uh, they, I was getting hounded. Hounded, hey. hounded, good one. <laughs> as, young, as a young man, and I thought, I ain't closing anything down, yeah? I, I think you guys are being out of order about this. And then when they brought this med school thing, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna take this even further. So then I found the, the I found one guy who was posting regularly and some of the stuff he was saying was a little bit messed up. I was thinking, you're, you're crazy. Like, whatever's, there's something wrong with you. And so I gave the group to him and then I disappeared. I think he'd killed the dog. I, I, I can't confirm or deny, but he was saying some very odd things. Because there was thing. that woman that, that... The, the, with, the, with the cats in the bins, right? The woman who put cats in the bins. Oh. oh, God, yeah, that's horrendous. Do you remember that? Oh, oh God. so no. now you get upset. Oh, if it's a cat, you're like, <laughs> oh, I... I, I. I always say... <laughs> Look, it was a joke. The whole group was a joke. It was not taken know. seriously. I want to know what the 400 people who joined that group thought. Maybe they still talk about you in, in like, oh, hushed they... tones. Like, do you remember? Imran Lasker, yeah. our founder, our leader, <laughs> our brave leader, the founder. He gave yeah, yeah, yeah. us the strength <laughs> to come out in public, to stand up against the tyranny of dog people. Oh, you know what? I get, I sometimes get piled on even now. Dog pile. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what happens. I get, I get. You know, I bet you after this, I bet you after this episode, I'm gonna have more dog pictures yeah. tweeted at me again, and maybe more DMs. You know, people get different kinds of DMs. I get dog DMs just to wind me up. Well, I know what, I know what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Moving on, you know, maybe, maybe back in those days it would have been nice to have a senior to come sit down next to me and say, you know what, Imran, maybe you should be a bit more careful about what you say, you know, out there. Maybe give you a bit of, a bit of positive feedback, negative feedback. And there was a tweet uh, earlier this week about, about the, the merits of um, giving feedback, you know, 
to juniors, even if it's in passing, and how, how serious that feedback can be taken by someone that's junior. Have you guys ever been in that situation where literally a passerby has said something and it just stuck with you for the rest of your career or your life? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I can remember. Well, actually, it's probably not that long ago, but I remember when I was on nights uh, and there was just like a primary who came in really, really sick. And I remember like afterwards, the boss said to me, oh, it's really good to have you here. Like I felt like he kind of... Uh, which was really nice, but it stuck. Is like I said, but uh, you're mm. referencing a tweet by uh, a senior cardiac advanced care pr- uh, clinical practitioner who said, uh, "It's all it cardiologists today. Yeah, yeah, go for it." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, debriefed <laughs> with ITU SBR after an unpleasant <laughs> resource call on nights. He thanked me for support. It's good to have someone sensible to bounce ideas off. Keep thinking about it. It's funny how a passing comment from a semi-acquaintance can impact you deeply. It's quite nice. Mm. Rowan, have you ever had anything like that? Like yeah, a passing lots, comment that's like, touched and, you? And I try yes. to, this is my virtue signaling moment, I try to uh, pay it back. You know, I, I, I take it seriously. <laughs> I, I always try and give feedback for um, everyone, you know, that I work with when they've done something well. I think it, I, I'm not sure I can think of specifics that, you know, really stand out as like, oh, that change, you know, was a, was a major moment. But the people who gave me that, those uh, feedback, I certainly will remember them very fondly. And, um, you know, I, I, I've got a lot of gratitude for, for the teaching I got from them. So for sure, I, you know, I'm not sure I can pick out specifics, mm. but, but definitely I think it's a really important thing. And I'm kind of surprised and disappointed that people, more people don't, don't do it. It, it. You know, it, it takes two seconds mm. just to say, you know, thanks for you know helping me with that case it was went really fantastically you know look forward to working with you again something like that mm. you know, anything um so i think it's it's a very important thing to do yeah it's true it's true i mean the thing is like um when i when i saw that i was thinking more along yeah i mean i see what you mean like it's nice to get positive feedback and it's quite it's quite rare sometimes in medicine to get positive feedback isn't it like you actually hear more about the times when someone's been negative about you than when they've been positive about you and that sort of um, that it can be it can be a bit um, it can make you think that you're going to go into a job where people aren't going to give you give you you know credit when credit is due right and that's probably not always the experience that a lot of us have when we're when we're doing our jobs um, you know like uh, what about you know when you're you're coming up to the end of the day have you been in the situation where like you're coming up in the day and it's coming up to handover time and um, I used to feel a bit sheepish to have a big handover. You, I don't know if you guys were in the situation, but I used to feel a bit sheepish giving a big handover because it always came across like um, maybe if I give too big of a handover, I, I, I haven't worked hard enough, right? And I'm kind of coming onto this tweet when it says, you know, it's the first night night shift with a new team and there are quite a few people waiting to be seen. Handover started. Do you get the clerking, the clerking team to start seeing patients as soon as they arrive or do you hand over together? I mean... I don't know if you know where for me I almost felt okay did you see that did you see that thread there were two options starting start clerking ASAP or let's do handover together which one did you guys choose or if you're going to choose one of the two uh, options 100% let's do the handover yeah 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 absolutely I, I agree and I, I actually replied uh, t- to that tweet um, with uh, my strategy mm. for handover but I, I don't think that um, you know a few minutes is going to make a difference and th- th- I, I mm. find that you know if you if you're just panicking and saying okay go, go, just go and start it's it, that sets the tone for the rest of the night, and the the tweet implied mm, it's a true. new team so you know you we want to just have a little moment can divide up jobs, 
and um, you know do your musketeers thing all for one one for all and um, yeah, that was another smooth segue run. I hadn't. I was going to say something about the previous, the previous <laughs> point, but you, you're so smooth that, uh, that uh, <laughs> well, we can go back to it if you want. <laughs> Famed for your uh, smooth transitions. Um, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I didn't even know it was a thing until someone mentioned it. But yeah, there you go. I do have some skills. <laughs> but yeah, um, for me, I just felt like you know when I was a junior, I used to feel bad about handing over when I was doing the ward stuff. When I was doing radiology. I definitely became more like, listen, there's a reason you're coming in at this time is to pick up the work that I wasn't able to do. I definitely was not sleeping on the job, you know, like take it from what you will. It was a busy shift. Um, but, you know, like, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I felt anyway. Uh, I think as I become more senior, I've been more, more, um, more cool with having a bigger handover. Thankfully, it doesn't happen too often. But when it does, it's like, well, you know what? Just make, assume that I've worked. And when I take a big handover from someone else, I always assume that, look, I'm going to assume that you weren't sitting around and sleeping yeah. and doing nothing. You were working flat out. And this is this is just the nature of the job. There's no point in getting upset about it, right? Yeah, fair enough. I, used to, I mean, like, it's just one of those things, isn't it? But I know you f- I know that feeling of like, oh, and you like start to hand over stuff and you're like, oh, and also, can you can you do this? And, oh, and you're like, oh, and you feel really bad for it. And what do you do? Do you just do you just kind of hand over some stuff and then just stay late to do some other bits and pieces or that kind of like wrapped guilt? It's just mm. uh, horrendous. Yeah, I found my reply to that, that tweet from, from Mahil. Um, yeah, go on. A, a few extra minutes won't suddenly clear the decks. This is this is tragic. Now I'm just reading my own tweets. Um, let 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 let's let's hand over together, divvy up jobs, cross swords, and in unison cry, "I shall not rest until the last ED call. I'll see Mr. Smith after his fall. This hospital is safe, I say, from wall to wall, all for one and one for all." And that's you know the, the bare, bare minimum I think you can do at a, at a handover. Wow, that's a, they made it rhyme as well. That's pretty good, man. You you like to do a few rhymes? <laughs> uh, Thrusha likes to rap. We should get we should get a team going here. You know, get a rap together, like, a rhyme uh, together. Never last him. Like, how long have you been waiting to pull that piece of poetry out? And you're like, that's 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 my standard <laughs> handover process. And I'm like, I believe you, mate. That sounds awesome. Wow, we should we should we should we should uh, do a rap. I've written. Do you know um, <laughs> al- a- alphabet aerobics? By Black Alicious. Do you know that track? Uh, no. It's like. No, but I'm gonna go oh, listen to it. It's though. very <laughs> impressive, right? So each line, every word begins with A, then B, then C, but it gets faster and faster and faster. So it's like a very, uh, okay. you know, challenging. So I've written a medical version of it, but I haven't mustered up the guts to record it for about Ooh. two years. Uh, my. Uh, Let's do it. I've got an uncle who's a rapper. If in case you want to, uh, if you want to utilize I, I his mean, skills, he he uh, featured on a previous episode not so long ago. I, I mean, um, it would be a push yeah. to claim that I'm anything near a rapper, but uh, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I've, I've been meaning to do this for a long time, um, and so now maybe maybe the time we can yeah. do a we could do yeah. a collab. Yeah, do a collab. <laughs> so awesome. Collab rap. That. Let's do it. <laughs> That would be funny. So, um, look, you know, the, we're talking about handovers and the relaying of information. Now, I do find that the NHS is a little bit backward sometimes, you know, like we're still stuck with, you know, fax machines, aren't we? The way that we hand over things is like always physical, physical paper. Are you, are you still seeing fax machines in use? I haven't actually faxed anything for a while. I, d- I wonder if this is a bit of a, yeah. you know, like what? this is a bit of a hangover of an, an old joke. I don't know. I'm sure they probably exist somewhere. I know that there was a story a couple yeah. of years ago that they, they're like, you know no longer going to be using any fax stuff or prospectively mm. 
and then some fax company was yeah they were saying that they only continued making because of the nhs or something but um <laughs> I, I i have worked in a fully electronic hospital and uh, i've worked in mm. a, a, a hospital that's still stuck very much in the past and for all the whinging that that happened when the electronic system came in which was considerable you know there was a lot of people mm. throwing their toys out of the pram and a lot of these systems are american so they're designed around code uh, billing you know so they're actually not uh, very easy to use and some are much better than others so you know um obviously we've ended up going with the cheapest ones in the uk and a lot of american clinicians absolutely hate ehrs electronic health records because of all these things and just and that they're, they're they're blamed for all the ills in medicine in, in america how they're removing people from interacting with with patients because you're clicking through somebody i think audited and you have 80 clicks per consultation or something it, it, crazy um oh so those God. those wow. criticisms are all justified but having got used to the electronic system and then gone to a hospital which is in the old style a few things on electronic radiology maybe is electronic but then if you want to order an MRI that's on a paper mm. form if you want to order an ultrasound you've got to take it to this mm. person it's just like wow I can't believe how I put up with this for so long it's just horrendous you know and particularly things like mm. prescribing you know electronic prescribing is just a godsend so I, I'm a full electronic convert. I know that there are problems with these EHRs, but um, I, I really think... And of course, you know, look who's way ahead of us, GPs. You know, GPs have done this years ago. Mm. And, and you know, we're the suckers that are still mm. writing in paper yeah. notes. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree that it's it's crazy that we're still using paper. Well, though, do you remember when that virus went down? Do you remember when the NHS got taken down by that virus? Wanna, wanna I, I think I was working that weekend uh, yeah. doing... Is that what is that what it was? Yeah, it was it was nuts, man. And suddenly, all of a sudden, we went back to like paper printing out and. Well, I mean, it made the national news because there were there was something like uh, two. I don't know. I can't remember the number, but there was a quite large number of uh, computers in the NHS that were still running Windows XP. So that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like even Windows didn't want to have anything to do with that. They're like, look, we ne we never made it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's annoying when the computer sort of just says oh, no, isn't it? Oh. And you're trying to sort. Of, I mean, you've been in that situation, isn't it? It's just like, oh, just just work. Why don't you just do what I ask? How much time of healthcare professionals, if you add it all together, how much time is wasted just waiting for computers? Mm. I mean, it's got to be yeah. you know, Genuinely, yeah. thousands so and true. thousands of human hours. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I know exactly. They should just go Apple. That's what I think. Yeah, they just go Apple. I think Apple would do a far better job. But then we'd we'd have to we'd have to buy five different chargers for for all the different um, yeah, products. Oh, is that true? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I don't get. I don't have enough Apple products. I didn't know that. Well, you're just promoting Apple. You're not even. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're just uh, you're on the payroll of Apple. You're just a shill. A shill. <laughs> <laughs> I just use the Macs. I use the Macs. I'm not an Apple phone person. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're sponsored. We're sponsored Sorry. by Apple. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get us a sponsor by Apple. Yeah. That would be the dream. Um, so, yeah, I mean, talking about when the computer says no, I mean, we'll, we also, you know, that's kind of an analogy when a human being says no, when it kind of fits, it kind of falls out of their protocol. It's a bit like, you know what, can you just do me a favor and just 
just do what I ask. It's not that much to ask, is it? And we had this tweet from um, an NHS employee. They finished nights and they'd lost their ID card. And they went down to get their ID card, you know, a new ID card, and they just finished nights. And then the person at the desk said, sorry, but we only open between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Can you come back? I mean, that was essentially the tweet, wasn't it? Come back at 10 a.m. and uh, we'll be able to get your ID card. And the person's like, well, I've just finished my night shift. It's nine o'clock. I'd like to go home, but I still need an ID card. And what ensued was a situation of, uh, well, no, it's not 10 a.m. I told you to come back at 10 a.m. <sighs> Have we dealt with this? In, I mean, Thrusha, you had a situation. Do you remember when you were trying to refer a patient once and you're trying to pass the scan along with the uh, patient yeah. and they're like, no, you know, no, it, it doesn't work that way. It can't work out that way. And you're like, come on, we need to think a bit outside the box here. Like there's a bigger picture that we yeah. need to deal with. It happens again and again. What do you guys think? Yes, I mean, it's just kind of, um, it's about jobsworthiness, isn't it? I mean, in that in the example, when I was, I was trying to send uh, CT images for a patient who had a dissection uh, to like an electronic transfer, mm. and then the person on the, refer the kind of receiving site kept saying they just didn't receive it. So in the end, I ended up uh, putting it, well, sending it, the CD <laughs> with a taxi to the receiving hospital. Yeah. And in the end, when they finally got it, they were like, oh yeah, but now we don't have any ITU beds. And so then we ended up having to send the patient elsewhere. But um, it's just it's just crazy, isn't it? The job's worthiness. Have you ever had it where like there's been changeover and then your ID card just suddenly stops opening the doors and you're like, oh, okay. Right, that worked yesterday. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Does yeah, that I happen? I, I, I had that uh, last month when I was um, doing my first my first primary PCI on call as a consultant and uh, you know I went to my old hospital um, in Basildon and I couldn't get in <laughs> so I had to call the registrar to come, come let me in <laughs> but, uh, fair enough um, but uh, no I, I enjoyed oh. that that uh, that thread that you referred to about the ID card because uh, the, the person tweeting really let rip and I enjoy it when people let rip uh, and, and they don't they don't watch what they're saying um, and not that they said anything bad. I was in complete agreement with them. And post nights, uh, you know, you could, I think we can all sympathise. Like there are two states of mind post nights. Either delirious in some sort of, you know, naturally endogenous DMT fueled kind of trip because you're just kind of on this weird high. Or if you haven't had anything to eat overnight, you forgot your <laughs> tiramisu at home, then um, uh, you're just raging. So I guess. <laughs> He was in the latter category, um, and and I've yeah. you know I've 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 really lost my temper with like just trivial bullshit that people just won't lift a finger to just make your life a little bit easier. They're, they're happy to let you you suffer mm. just because we've always done it this way or no this isn't in my job description or and you know and I think he said it took it like all of a minute to get it actually done in the end so mm. yeah i don't mm. know what it is about the nhs that pe i don't think people enter like this but i think it's the culture that you start adopting you know and and it is not exclusive to non uh, medical staff I'm, I'm i'm talking about across the board um and i'm sure i've been guilty mm. of it myself you know sometimes when people don't want to do something they'll just they'll use uh well this is outside the um the regulations mm. or this is this isn't this isn't the way we do it yeah this is just how it's done. Mm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know the feeling. It's like it's about to hit five o'clock, and someone tries to get a CTPA, and I notice that they haven't got the chest X-ray first. I'm like, oh, <laughs> there's no chest X-ray first. So um, I'm. <laughs> now, 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 
Oh, now, dearie me. <laughs> let, me raise a, let me raise this a point here, right? So, so uh, this is the same trust. This is the same trust, okay? It is. It is. It's a set, yes, I suspect um, it is. I suspect. <laughs> and I, I called up and I said... Uh, Probably me, wasn't it? I'm sure it was me. Yeah, go on. Um, I th- you, Do you know who I am? No, I wonder if it actually was, you know. Because, and I said... <laughs> I said uh, I need to get a CTPA on this patient um, because they've come in with like what looks like rip roaring COVID, but they've also, you know, got echo evidence of a massive PE, and I think we really need to uh, not a sub massive PE. I think we really need to get a definite answer before we thrombolize this patient because it's going to be really high risk. So I'd like to get a CTPA. I don't want to just go on the echo. And they said, "Oh, there's, there's no, there's no chest X-ray." And I said, "Sorry, did you just, did you just hear me? This guy's peri arrest." And, uh, and and like, no, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. Uh, and, um, uh, and and I just went round and round in circles. And then I said, "Fine, fine, I'll, I'll book the chest X-ray." Um, but then, and then I wanted to book the CTPA. It wouldn't even let me book the CTPA uh, no until way. the chest X-ray had been it. done. And I was like, "Oh my God, who did literally system? said no? Was it you?" Was it you? Did you design the system? No, 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 no. I w- it wasn't me. I, but I remember I, I get phone calls like that saying that I can't get it through. Can you let it through? And then I let it through because like it, it does seem silly. But I've got phone call. I didn't know that was oh. a, a, like a failsafe mechanism they built into the system. There's got to be a human override <laughs> capability, you know. Yeah, it's called me. Yeah, I just feel like, yeah, whatever, mate, just stick it in and whatever. <laughs> well, people might not know this, but Rowan and I did work at the same place for quite a while, but I don't think we... Didn't, we, we didn't I mean, I might have taken a referral from you, I don't know. No, no. But I, we uh, probably didn't interact all that much. It didn't bump into each other. And only recently discovered that this was the case. <laughs> uh, the only time I, I really, really... Um, speak to radiologists is, is is when I'm desperate and I'm eternally grateful when I've poked a hole in some someone and something's leaking so I'm always very polite and, and very very nice and I'm very grateful for radiologists oh yeah those steady hands we were talking about earlier and maybe not so steady um, <laughs> oh dear um, yeah I mean we've got I mean there's a few more things to talk about here don't we um, okay look training wise I mean so I mean Rohan, you recently became a consultant, is that right? Like it was in the last couple mm, of months. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you, how are you finding things? Is it? It's been quite the quite the step up, step down. Mm. Is it better? Is it worse? Is it everything you expected it to be? Well, that's a big question. Um, I, I've been very lucky. I've been very yeah, lucky because uh, you know the hospital we were just talking about. Um, I've you know stayed in the region, and I'm working with a lot of people I already knew. So you know, it's really. I've, I've had a lot of good fortune fall into my lap and I'm doing a job that is kind of allowing me to do other stuff. You know, I think you've you've previously been quite mm. um, uh, open in talking about the, you know, the improvement in lifestyle, becoming a consultant. And, and for sure, you know, um, oh, yeah, my hours are mm. amazing now. I'm seeing more of my family and I, I'm obviously doing on calls, but I'll be at home and just go in when required mm. it's quite a busy center so that that's fine but uh i don't do like a you know four nights in a row like i used to and um there's clearly a, a big increase in admin type work but nothing that so far i know it's early days and i've, I've come in at a funny time because i'm covering uh unexpected sickness so i've just 
immediately inherited a, a full workload of, of admin um, but that's okay and you know so I'm I'm really enjoying it so far and I having said all that would still encourage all trainees to take as long as they want in training I added on lots of years I'm pretty long in the tooth being a, becoming a consultant and most of my friends in medical schools have you know got there earlier than me and I have absolutely no regrets about that I, I, I think uh, you know I've I, I'm enjoying consultant life, sure, but I'm doing I'm doing way less procedures for for a start, way fewer. And sorry, mm. I want to bring the mm. level of grammar on the uh, the podcast down. Oh um, dear. Mm. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you know, I, I would absolutely if f f threes or breaks between IMT and ST or whatever the terminology is these days. I would recommend to anybody just take your time. There's no hurry. You're going to be a consultant or a senior GP for the rest of your life. Um, you know, take a scenic route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I've said this before. I, I, did, I should have enjoyed things a lot more than I did. And it's a real shame that I, um, I mean, I inadvertently took a, a bit longer and I'm kind of I'm glad I did. Uh, but at the same time, I wish I enjoyed it while I was there because I mean, yeah, being consulted is lovely, actually. But then we were speaking earlier about like how there is a bit more. It's scary. I mean, I'm two years in now and I still feel like I'm a junior and I don't think I'll ever feel like I'm senior enough. And I don't think I'll ever feel like I'm really quite good enough. But then people expect me to be, you know, have the final say or make that final decision. And that can be um, that can be really daunting, isn't it? I mean, you know, that's why I sometimes I almost wish I could just go back and, you know, not 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 me be be me being the final the final say on something or be the ultimate authority do you still get mentors as consultants like do you can you can you do that do people do that yeah sure sure i think i think yeah i was going to say this in my in my in my experience it's probably a a less official you won't necessarily get assigned Mm -hmm. i mean i've been buddied up uh which is you know more semi-official um in the lab which is really nice so Mm. I've for my first few months and and that's the way they've done it previously with all, yeah. all their consultants when they've started yeah. um which which is is just such a nice feeling you know so if I've got a complex yeah. case uh, not yeah. out of hours but you know mm. and on my day list um yeah. there's someone around and and you know it's it makes such a difference when you work with with nice colleagues and I've still obviously got my mentors from when I was a trainee you know they're <laughs> yeah, sure. They're, they're still they're still around, and mm. um, you know, a few, two or three in particular. I'm I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm sure I'll stay in touch with my whole career, and you know, I'll always seek mm. advice from them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think for me, I'm quite lucky in that the person who helped me get into radiology is now the person that I still I work with. I took the consultant job in the same place as them, and so they've ended up being a bit of a mentor. And then thankfully, a few people that we were in the same year in training, we also end up taking jobs in the same oh, place. So it's actually really lovely going to work. We end up hanging out and having lunch and staying late and getting a kebab after work. That's the dream. Which is all, all good. But, you know, yeah. the, it's the dream. Yeah, just grabbing gra- gra- a kebab after work. I mean, what can, what can beat that? But in the hierarchy of well-being, you know, we're not organizing yoga or, or anything like that at this point just yet. Um, you know, and I think there there was a recent tweet from um, from Zach, one of our um, regular people that we end up talking about on the on the podcast, where he he tweeted about the hierarchy of well being, and um, there was this nice little you know what? In truth, there's too much writing. Do you like it? To go I really liked it. I really like it, mate. 
And I like the idea of you doing some yoga, some downward facing dog, yeah. But anyway, so this... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this is out of all, out of all the positions to choose. So he did this thing called hierarchy of well-being. And I thought it was kind of nice because it talks about the different levels. And obviously, like, the, he just, I think it's because there are lots of things that can get thrown out as ways of, like, improving well-being. And one of the things that you hear a lot about on Twitter anyway is like baking and as you say, like yoga and stuff. But all that stuff is kind of an irrelevance if, you, if you're not organizing any teaching for them or they're like uh, suffering like abuse or like harassment or racism. Like that's, you know, mm. no amount of baking is going to make that stuff okay. Resilience training. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, resilience yeah. training, yeah. Bake a cake. There's your resilience training. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, so, so I quite liked it because he kind of summarises uh, yeah. a thread that he'd done, uh, which was about kind of um, measures that people can actually take to improve a junior's well-being, um, which I thought was quite nice. Well, you know, we've, we've talked about a simple one earlier on, just, you know, giving positive feedback. and Yeah, you know, absolutely. Mm. Repeatedly, when people... Um, talk about low morale in the NHS it's the feeling of being unappreciated and you know like you put effort mm. in and nobody nobody acknowledges it and that may be the case from management mm. but it doesn't mean that you know we have to uh, do the same so you know yeah, yeah you know that's just just one easy example but yeah he's, he's put a lot of nice nice things on that list I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, you just, I think the job is tough, right? And working in the NHS is tough. But then I don't think we do ourselves or each other any favours by making it difficult for each other. Don't you think? It's just like, if we were just nicer and just thought about other people. I mean, it sounds a bit wishy-washy, doesn't it? But like, you know. Imran, are you trying to say, are you trying to say be kind? I'm actually trying to get to the next tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, okay, in a situation where there's someone's less than kind, uh, you know, where there, apparently there was a tweet uh, in med school, a final year consultant said in front of people in the mess room that I wasn't fit as a student, let alone as an F1, and it crushed them. You know, when someone says that they got crushed, I, I, it does hurt me. It does. So anyway, it crushed them. Uh, there's a lot that I want to improve, but look at me now. To those who've had similar experience, their words aren't worth your time. So they kind of fought back and, and made it. Um, I don't know. I think as a student, I probably deserved it. If someone said that, well, actually, they did say that to me, and I probably deserved it. Um, but I wish they didn't say that. Yeah. It wasn't very nice at the time, uh, and probably not all that, um, not no. all that encouraging. It would probably been better to maybe do that sandwich thing. You know, that sandwich thing where you kind of have like positive, negative, I, and positive. I, I was reading that apparently that's not ad advised anymore, or something. Psychologists were saying that it's the um, the shit sandwich. Uh, is, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, is apparently, it's, it's not good. I, I mean, I think it's, it seems like quite a natural thing to do. But I think mm. what they were saying is people don't remember the the good point anyway. So if you want to uh, give good feedback, mm. give it separately, um, because they just f fixate mm. on the negative one. I think that's what I I, I, I read. Um, yeah, fair oh, really? Because I always thought that if someone someone said to me, "Imran, do you want the good news or the bad news?" I'll go for the bad news because then hopefully I'll end on a high. Right? Yeah, but when you go home, you'll be thinking about the bad news. No, no, I'm done with, I'm done <laughs> well, with that. That was done no, like five seconds ago. I've moved on now. <laughs> but that's an, that's an important point. That you're, there are different personality types, right? You know, so... Mary of a goldfish. No, but I think that's a good quality. Uh, and I think I'm quite similar in that <laughs> if, if I, you know, feel like I've messed up, I know I've messed up. Like, it, it does... I don't need an external person really 
obviously it's always useful to hear you uh, feed, constructive feedback but I'm not someone that kind of dwells mm. on it too much I think I just kind of let it go in one ear and out the other and mm, some people are very motivated when they have somebody say you know, and this is a kind of common theme on, on viral tweets is like somebody disrespected me were very rude to me and look at me now I've got my PhD mm. and you know whatever and uh, that's great and that's that's a certain personality type it fires them up for me I, it, it didn't mm. make any. I, I was a bad student at medical school. Like I, you know, got in trouble, and a few consultants really just thought I would amount to absolutely nothing. And I can't even remember who they were or you know what the context was. It's all just become background noise now. Yeah. Hmm. I think I was given some advice during my exam revision and they were like, um, go in happy stupid. So like what you do, you do the first case and if you mess it up and they cuss you out for it, you just be like, okay, carry on to the next one and just carry on to the next one as though nothing had happened previously. And that way, you know, you don't, you know how they say like, if you're, when you go between stations, you try and make sure that the previous station doesn't yeah, affect you. That's good advice. Yeah. You just know? put it out of your mind. Yeah. I've, I've never heard it called happy stupid. I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was just a course I went to and I was like, that's interesting. I'm going to use that. Yeah, interesting uh, way of putting things. Okay, sorry. Um, okay, I mean, before before we finish off, I think we probably should bring up this last tweet that came up. Um, it was NHS Rainbow Badge, wasn't it? And um, announcement following a huge successful pilot of phase two of the NHS Rainbow Badge project and a detailed tendering process. We're delighted to confirm that the NHS England has provided funding for further 40 NHS trusts to undertake the NHS Rainbow Badge assessment model. So, I mean, so the whole thing is about in inclusivity, LGBT, LGBT rights. Um, and, you know, it, it seemed like quite a positive message, right? I mean, when I first read that, I thought, oh, that's cool, man, that's, that's nice. But then it was a comment, wasn't it, that really was quite surprising. Uh, some of the stuff. So Ro Rohan, you, you've been blocked by most of the people commenting, which is interesting. I don't know. I yeah, I don't know if it's. I've, I'm learning about these was... um, different blocking tools from from your podcast, but maybe that's what I've I've been on the receiving end. Because when when you guys linked it, and I went to see, because I hadn't heard about any of this rainbow lanyards. I've obviously seen rainbow lanyards all over the place and didn't really think twice. Um, but mm. uh, I went to sort of check it out and <laughs> it's just like a wasteland. It's uh, it's like, you know, when like Aragorn <laughs> says, you know, there was, there was a battle here. Uh, and there's, uh, <laughs> a, a, a red moon, <laughs> blood has been shed. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> yeah, so, mate, mate, like uh, <laughs> it's an absolute cesspit. You've, you've seen your eyes have been saved from like melting at the, the venom of those comments. I literally, your eyes are just melt out of your mm. forehead because it's just... Going through, can you give us a flavour? Like literally, there's so many replies and basically it starts a lot. It's this kind of little kind of incremental... Uh, uh, kind of uh, developments where it goes from along the lines of uh, Stone, so Stonewall, uh, which is the kind of um, charity that was the, the collaboration with this NHS Rainbow Badge. Mm. The people are like, oh, it's like a political thing or whatever. And then basically, um, those incremental changes gradually end in people arguing that trans women aren't women. And the thing was is that I opened opened this thread, and there were comments by people within the NHS, and so. Uh, oh, 
you know, maybe I made the mistake of trying to like engage with like some of these people and it went back. It went bad. Yeah, so, so your tweets are the only ones I can see. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you see that my replies. Literally that evening, mate, my phone's going bzz, 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 and I was just going nuke, nuke, nuke. Because all these people were like DMing me and replying with all this, like to screenshots like this, like I hate women and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, no, I just think that like um, trans women are women. But that was too much for these people. Like they were just so angry with me. But what, what's, and the, they land, just so what's the lanyard got to do with it? What, they've got exactly. upset at the lanyard. Like I don't. It's about. It's like I think it's like a Kevin Bacon thing. Like so we were talking about lanyards, and then suddenly it's like I don't know. It just somehow gets there. But then. Oh, that's very unlike social media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very out of character. I think uh, Phil mentioned this, isn't it? Like there'll be certain trigger words that will, like some people are waiting for to have yeah. their argument. So if you talk about cycling helmets, they'll have yeah. the argument. Vaccines, yeah. they'll have the argument. And this must be another one of those situations where you know, the trans, LGBT, anything along those lines, they have an argument. I was just seeing those replies and I was like, oh, the, you know, people are going to see that their doctor's saying that. And I was like, oh, no way. And so at least I wanted to see other people to maybe see that, like, not everyone, like, because obviously it must be so hard as it is. And, you know, we know, we know that their mm. kind of health outcomes are worse. And uh, so, like, you know, th that can only just make things worse. So I, I tried to, but um, it was it was horrendous. I mean... I think you've, in, you've broached this topic before, but I'm not sure it's worth your time to try and yeah. engage with all kinds of randoms. But yeah. everybody uh, feels differently. Yeah. Um, but you know, talking of like just everything es escalating, I was called an anti-vaxxer the other day. Um, you know, no because, way. Because I, you know, because like I had some doctor in America with a very big following, 500 plus, I'd never heard of this guy, 500 plus thousand. Um, and he had done a tweet saying, uh, you've got one ITU bed left. Uh, uh, two patients come in at the same time. Uh, one is yeah. like um, refused a vaccine and oh, they're, they're, yeah. they're sick. Another one is like, you know, 48 years old and has a pneumonia or something and, uh, you know, whatever. It was making it it seemed this most simplistic of choices mm. so and then it was not a poll where somebody pointed out that you know you could have just used a poll feature which i i didn't sort of twig at first they'd done you know like for option oh, for one retweet for option uh, two which right. obviously mm. is designed mm. to maximize the reach of Engagement. the tweet and yeah. so it's, it's a bit of a cynical mm. and it and i just said i i deleted the guy's name and i just put put the, the tweet so I, I wasn't trying to uh, direct anyone to, to that but I just said I don't think these kind of tweets are very useful because you know it sounds like we're sitting there being judge and jury and going you live you don't you haven't had a vaccine so we're not going to give you any treatment mm. and I just said this I don't think this is helping anyone I think this is just kind of a uh, you know scaremongering or, or kind of pointless tweet and then you know there are people who, who will not accept any kind of thing Discord, deemed yeah. as potentially uh, mm. negative about getting the vaccine or anything like that, mm. and you know, I had mm. to. I was saying, look, you know, I'm I'm as pro-vaccine as as you can uh, get, and they're like, oh yeah, really? Sure, I bet you are. And um, <laughs> and then I, I you know, uh, <laughs> and then the, you know, American doctors uh, have like laid into me. Um, no uh, a few weeks ago for, for you know, because there was a Jimmy Kimmel segment that I kind of said again, a similar kind of thing. Oh, it was yes. just kind of very, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. kind of tone deaf kind of mock mocking of mm. people who aren't vaccinated or you know uh, have doubts about the vaccine mm. and i said again i don't think this is really helping and then you know these are just doctors uh, like with their full names there and everything and they mm. just feel i don't know disinhibited and they're just saying like really mm. awful stuff mm. and like subtweeting me and you know i oh, man. just just ranting on about me like for for dozens of tweets in a row uh like wow how did i get to you this much no no fair enough i mean i'm sorry that sucks i mean we, we spend all this time trying to manage uncertainty it just seems so bizarre isn't it that you just have to take this kind of you know only a cis should deal in absolutes right that's my line like i just think that kind of uh I, I just uh how, uh, i think it's dangerous isn't it to go all in with like with anything like we should be doubtful. Yeah, it's so exactly. weird isn't it exactly yeah yeah I mean, people can take things a bit too seriously can't they like certain dog groups yeah yes. uh, imran y- if if people take things too seriously, uh, seriously, I, ge- I guess you could call that um, dogma. Dogma. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. Nice. <laughs> That's good. That's why yeah, it gets a big box. Yeah, That's why it gets a big box. Yeah. <laughs> on that bombshell. All right. I think um, on that bombshell. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Rohan, for coming uh, on on the show. Um, I've been, you know, yeah. I think we. I think we first. I think I mispronounced your name on on one of the episodes when I first mentioned yourself. Do you remember? I I called you Rohit, I Rohan, because I was. I think you did a really good video uh, trying to uh, increase awareness for a charity for um, India during the whole COVID thing. And I remember trying to. Do, I did a terrible job of trying to promote it, but uh, we did we did what we could. But it's great to finally meet you and um, have you on the podcast as well. And um, I'm sure I th- hopefully everyone else has found it as interesting as we have. Um, yeah, I mean, for anyone out there that um, haven't donated, please do donate to our own um, our fundraiser event. You'll find the uh, link on our two medics at two medics Twitter account. Uh, Rohan, would, is there any uh, parting words of advice you'd like to give to our, our audience? Anything, anything to leave us with beyond the dogma quote? Um, don't trust anything you hear on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, I, I uh, no, I don't, I don't think I have any particular great advice. But thank you very much, guys. I'm I'm, I'm very flattered and, and honoured to be on the podcast, and I've I've really enjoyed listening to. I think I've listened to every episode now, so um, that's uh, I'm like a like a like a like a super fan. But uh, <laughs> no, keep. Thanks. Uh, that's really nice, man. Um, yeah, I mean, we uh, we do. It's a labour of love, isn't it, Thrusha? We do. We do like to. I mean, we we're talking to each other anyway, so it's like recording and talking to each other. You know, go ahead and listen to the conversation. And it's been great fun to actually meet people and get to know them too. So anyway, my Twitter entertaining as always. Thank you very much. And um, let's try and stay out of trouble. Let's not get cancelled. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. And you've been listening to Two Medics and One Mic with Imran Lasker and Drusha Gawadna. Thank you for listening.